Welcome, my friends. Once again, I bring you greetings from the Center Church of Christ, meeting in the building at 110 Hearst Street in Center, Texas. My goodness, we continue to appreciate the good comments we receive on our visits from those of you who are listening to these lessons, and we prayerfully ask that you encourage your friends to also visit with us and to study with us. What we want to do now is, as we always do, we ask you to stop checking your Facebook page, ignore those incoming text messages and emails, take just a few minutes out of your busy schedule, and let's visit together about the things of God and His Son, Jesus Christ. In our last visit, we talked about the night of the storm, that night on Galilee when Jesus calmed the tempest and comforted those frightened disciples. You know, just like those sudden storms on Galilee, life has a lot of storms that blow through our lives. One of those can be the storm of doubt. Do you remember John Bunyan's novel, Pilgrim's Progress? It was first published in 1678. It's the story of a man's progress through life to heaven or hell. In the story, Christian and Hopeful pass through the Valley of Ease. Leaving the valley, they pass a pillar of salt that was once Lot's wife. They're lost. And they're captured by a giant named Despair who lives in Doubting Castle. Christian and Hopeful are locked in the dungeon of Doubting Castle. Well, life can be like that for us. Often our life takes some unexpected twists and some tragic turns. We become overwhelmed by the storms of doubt. We have our own personal crisis of faith, and we end up passing the time away in Doubting Castle. Please understand, some of the choicest sons and daughters of God have been there. The floor is damp with their tears. The walls of that dungeon echo with their prayers. Elijah's been there. John the Baptist has been imprisoned there. And you and I have spent time there also. It's a trying experience that very few escape. And we often wonder, is it possible for faith and doubt to coexist? Do you remember Mark chapter 9, the story there? Where we're told of a desperate father who brought his son to Jesus. The boy was demon-possessed, and in anguish and desperation the father turns to Jesus. This man's life had been a long, dark night. He had attempted every imaginable remedy for his son, and nothing had worked. Mark tells us that he even brought the boy to Jesus' disciples, and they could not heal him. Here's the way Mark chapter 9 and verses 20 through 24 read in Philip's translation. So they brought the boy to him, and as soon as the Spirit saw Jesus, it convulsed the boy, who fell to the ground and writhed there, foaming at the mouth. How long's he been like this? Jesus asked the father. Ever since he was a child, he replied. Again and again it's thrown him into the fire or into the water to finish him off. But if you can do anything, please take pity on us and help us. If you can do anything, 
retorted Jesus. Everything is possible to the man who believes. I do believe the boy's father burst out. Help me to believe more. My friends, can you see the anguished father watching his son? He's writhing on the ground like a rabid animal. This father is straining against the storm of doubt in his life, desperately trying to find sufficient faith to believe. He was bold enough to acknowledge his doubt, and he also asked Jesus to help him overcome that doubt. Personally speaking, I'm glad that God decided to include that candid dialogue in the Scriptures for us. Sometimes, it seems that we live among those who have never, not even for once, questioned their faith. They've never doubted. The piety of folks like that makes me feel isolated. Sometimes it makes me feel weird, even out of place. Maybe your doubts have never brought you to this despair. Maybe you've never cried, Lord, I believe Help me in my unbelief. But folks, even John the Baptist expressed doubt on one occasion. John's uncertainty was not caused because he never met Jesus. That might be the cause of doubt with some folks, but it was not with John. John did more than just know Jesus personally. He actually bore witness for him. Remember that day that he was with Andrew and John and he saw Jesus. And he proclaimed, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. John knew Jesus. And John did not slip into sin, nor was John unfaithful. He had rebuked Herod and was thrown into prison. And it was from that prison cell. He sent men to Jesus to ask if he was the one that they should look for or do they need to look for another John's doubts came about because he was idle he had time on his hands and he misunderstood the mission of Jesus so he spent time being tossed about in the storm of doubt probably the most famous person in the storm of doubt is Thomas you remember him He was one of the apostles, the one we refer to as Doubting Thomas, almost as if Doubting was his first name. Folks, that's what you call a bad rap that's stuck. And I must confess, in some ways my heart goes out to Thomas. Some have referred to him as Reflective Thomas or even as Cautious Thomas. But we actually see Thomas doubting on several occasions. John 11 portrays a raw expression of doubt. Lazarus is dead. And Jesus is going to Judea. That's where Lazarus would certainly be buried. To go back to Judea, Jesus is facing certain death. And yet He's determined to go. So Thomas says, Let's go also so we may die with Him. 
That's in John 11 and verse 16. You see, Thomas had a faith that was courageous, but it was not triumphant. He was resigned to the possibility of martyrdom as a matter of duty. But he could not comprehend the concept of a victory over death. John chapter 14 shows us that Thomas had doubts about the future. They were in the upper room in the city of Jerusalem. Jesus spoke his parting words to the apostles. Thomas blurts out, Lord, we know not where you're going. How can we know the way? I admire he had the courage to make that statement. He was the guy who asked the question everyone wanted to ask, but no one wanted to look stupid by asking it. He didn't know. None of them did. So he asked. Well, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then, of course, there's that occasion we're most familiar with after the resurrection of Jesus. That first time Jesus appeared to His disciples. Thomas was not there. He was nowhere to be found. The others told Him they'd seen the Lord. Thomas said, Unless he saw the imprints of the nails in his hand and put his finger in the hole in his side, he would not believe. A few days later, Jesus came again. Thomas was there. Jesus told him to reach with his finger and to see his hands. He said, Thomas, do not be unbelieving, but believe. And Thomas answered and said, My Lord and my God. Passing through the storm of doubt, Thomas found a firm faith. We can do a great job of criticizing Thomas. When we call him Doubting Thomas, it's a term of derision. Yet, if we'll be honest, we often have our own storm of doubt in our life. We go through our own personal crisis of faith. Either you have or you will, but it will come. It will come just as sure as the storms of the weather. Often, in our season of doubt, our crisis of faith, we suffer alone. Those closest to us aren't even aware of our suffering. Please permit me to be very personal with you. I remember nearly 23 years ago when I lost my father. In fact, 23 years ago this coming January, I preached his funeral. It was something I had done on so many occasions, but this time it was different. It wasn't someone else's father. It was my father. It wasn't some elderly man. It was Daddy. And he was still young. Only 65. And folks, that's real young as far as I'm concerned. Especially now. He had retired just six months before he got sick. We had a lot of plans. A lot of things we were going to do. 
a lot of adventures we were going to have. But we didn't get to do them. Oh my goodness. The doubts washed over my soul like the waves of the ocean. Don't misunderstand me. I did not doubt my faith in Jesus. I knew He had paid the debt for my sin on Calvary. But like Thomas, I had questions. Like Thomas, I did not understand. In my quiet and private moments, when I was alone, I would blurt out, Why, God? Why? Oh, I still went through the motions. I had two young sons. I had to set an example. But still, I questioned. But as I prayed, and as I sought answers, they came. I came to truly understand the prayer that Jesus prayed. Not my will, but thine be done. I understood what Paul meant in Romans 8, verse 28. My questions were answered. My faith was stronger. There are times when the storms of doubt overwhelm our lives. When they do, they become our schoolroom. And as we work our way through those storms, a new faith is forged. It will come slowly. It's shaped on the mysterious anvil of God's plan. Even in doubt, we must remember the promise of God. All things work together for good. My friends, whatever storm is blowing through your life, Jesus can calm that storm. And yet for Jesus to calm the storm, you must be living within the will of God. That is, you must be living God's kind of life. That starts when you become a Christian and you give your life to Christ. According to the simple way of the New Testament, you don't do that by simply asking Jesus into your heart or praying the sinner's prayer, as some would tell you. You become a Christian by simply believing in Jesus as the Son of God, turning your back on sin through repentance, confessing the name of Christ before men, and being buried in the waters of baptism for the remission of past sins. That's what they did on Pentecost. That's what the eunuch did in Acts 8. That's what the jailer did in Acts 16. If we can help you in your obedience, we'd love to have the opportunity to do that. Come and worship with us at the Center Church of Christ. We love you. The Lord who died for you loves you. And we want you to go to heaven. We hope you're enjoying the opportunity for us to visit together about the things of God. But our time is gone. So until next time, may the Lord richly bless and keep you, is our prayer in Jesus' name.